0: If you really want to improve as a leader, I've got a great deal for you. Simply go to mojouniversity.com and sign up for our two week trial. Take any of my courses, I promise you you're going to get better, you're going to learn. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up totally for free and try us out for two weeks. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show, Steve Caldwell here and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest. My special guest today is Dr. Kristen Sosolsky. Uh, She is an awesome individual that's going to help us understand data uh, visualization and we're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Dr. Sosolsky first. She's an associate professor at NYU's Stern School of Business where she teaches MBA students and executives data visualization, programming, and business analytics. She's the co-author of Essentials of Online Course Design, a standards-based guide, the Savvy Students Guide to Online Learning, and Data Visualization Made Simple, Insights into Becoming Visual. She's a leading expert on data visualization and shares her expertise around the world. Kristen, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. So glad to have you today.
1: Oh my gosh, Steve. Thank you so much. I'm so thrilled to be here.
0: Well, we're going to have a great time and I look forward to hearing your expertise. But before we do, why don't you share with our listeners what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work?
1: Okay. um, So lately, and, and you're going to say this sounds like work, but it's totally not. So I'm doing this new online course. That's open to the entire world on visualizing data. And it's just been such a hoot. I've been interviewing practitioners and like former students. I've been in the video studio. It's just been a blast. So. Um, that's something that I've been kind of working on um, outside of my regular you know teaching practice and, and other things. so oh, that's it really is something extra for me. yeah,
0: <laughs> it's wonderful and uh, I as someone who's created online learning courses, uh it's a lot of work, so uh, I get it too. It's fun, but it's also challenging.
1: Uh, Oh, definitely, definitely. (laughs) uh,
0: Well, we're so glad to talk today, Kristen. I I think uh, that many of our leaders and managers uh, are going to benefit from our conversation today, because I I think that uh, really being able to communicate an idea through data visualization is more important now than ever when it comes to management and leadership. If you don't mind, give us a little bit about your perspective and uh, what you have seen from others uh, whenever you've tackled this topic.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, One of the reasons why I, I wrote um, data visualization means simple is because data visualization is an essential skill for managers. And it's not just about, you know, the graphics and how pretty they look, but it's really a leadership skill. It's a way to communicate, just like you said, visually communicate your ideas, data findings, anything from, you know, presenting kind of what's happening now to future prediction. And to be able to do that uh, in a way that others can understand is absolutely critical. No one knows your data as well as you do, and being able to communicate those things really effectively to a wide range of audiences is a critical leadership skill. And I describe this really as the extra 20% you need to put in. Um, again, whether you're like measuring productivity or predicting the future, it's a way to kind of present those, uh, those findings and insights in a way that allows someone else to raise more questions, to take action, um, and, and, and so on. So that's been kind of like the motivation for the book um, and being able to kind of share with, uh, with others how to develop your data visualization practice. So it's not something that you just learn how to use a piece of software. It's really about incorporating this extra 20% into your practice.
0: I, I love the way that you're uh, describing that because you're saying incorporated in, into it. It's that extra step. And one of the things that I've heard, and I'll bet you uh, have heard many times as well, uh, leaders will often say, well, yeah, but I've got an assistant that's gonna build my PowerPoint or my presentation or, the, in other words, somebody else is gonna do it. I don't really need to know how to do that myself. Uh, I, I just don't find that to be true. What, what's your thoughts on that?
1: Uh, you know, I, I completely agree with, with your sentiment Um, while, you know, assistance can be great in, you know, refining your graphics, making sure that the color schemes match, and making sure that it's formatted for, say, your PowerPoint presentation or your printed report, are they going to be the ones to translate your data into information and to show that information as, as evidence of those key takeaways and findings, your key pitch, or your message to your constituents and your stakeholders? I don't think so. I think that's that's the manager's job. That's the leader's job to make sure those insights and that message comes across. Um, and you need to start with the data at that point.
0: So true. I mean, I, I, I work, uh, Chris, and I worked with uh, a, a guy one time that his way of doing presentations and things were it, basically he ordered other people to do pieces of it, and mm-hmm. then he would proof it. And I, I was like, man, this is so backwards because nobody knows what you really think. How can you even present something uh, if you can't tell us what's the key points? What, what, are, what is the data that you want us to know? It was very frustrating uh, to me to watch this kind of stuff happen. But people say, well, you know, I'm not an expert in PowerPoint. All right. So what? Neither am I. But how do you get uh, get leaders to say, "Look, here's what you're missing." When what are we missing when we start talking about this idea of visualizing what we want people to see?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and we are. I, I think when you know, one of the things that I, I, you know you echoed before is building this into your practice. Mm-hmm. And so, understanding that when you are, you know, um, doing your data formatting and analysis, that that this is this is one step towards the end goal, and you're always thinking in mind who your audience is. Again, whether they're you know shareholders or, or whoever, the, whoever they may be, um, what is going to be that particular piece of information you want them to walk away with? You want them to to understand. And I I kind of take the position that. You know, as a leader, what you're trying to do with your audience is you're trying to have them retain some piece of information,
0: mm-hmm. right? And
1: to have a key takeaway. We always hear that's a key takeaway. Those are leadership. That's kind of le- lang- the language of leadership here. It's not necessarily the language of like a PowerPoint designer or an assistant, right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of where we start uh, in, in, the, in the training of, uh, of managers and leadership in this practice. Another point is if you don't have a set of standards or a set of expectations about what you're looking for, whether it be in your PowerPoint presentation or how you want those insights to be communicated, how are you going to be able to assess and provide feedback to the team that's working on the presentation with you?
0: Mm-hmm. And so in my
1: book, I provide a set of standards and, and I take the perspective that, hey, you may not be the one building your actual visualizations, but you need to know how to evaluate those that have been built for you. And so let me give you a language. I have a language of like 10 things to look for to make sure your charts, you know, can can basically show their insights in the best possible way. And that's that's where we where we start when we train managers and when we speak to to leaders around this practice, developing this practice. How can you, you know, mentor your team or lead your company in having this data visualization practice?
0: So uh, in in the techniques that you teach and you get people to understand in the book, how important is it to match storytelling to these techniques?
1: Well, storytelling can be a very effective tool. Let me present to you uh, three ways in which we use uh, data graphics as a communication tool to the audience. First, printed reports. We still see them, PDF reports. Um, When you do that, you don't necessarily have the audience's attention with your voice. It's not like in a live presentation, right? Right. So the way that you need to engage the audience is way different. So you have narrative, you have lots of space for words, and you have lots of space usually for pictures, which might be your data graphics. So the way you explain and guide the user or the reader through uh, a a written report is way different than you would if... It was a presentation where you were in front of them. If you're in front of them, you probably provide less information on the screen, make the data graphic as big as possible and walk them through, say the time series or whatever whatever the graphic is showing, the key insight. Um, and so you're using your voice together with the graphic as evidence of your key insight, finding, prediction, what have you. Um, and you usually use techniques like progressive disclosure in that you might have you might show the full graphic at once and then break it down i like that Like in the in the format of when you Kristen, post a data graphic on Pri- the web, Kristen. Yes.
0: Let me interrupt you. Yes. We, we lost you there oh, uh, for just a second. You were right in the middle of that, so I we'll edit Ooh. out this first this part right here. Uh, but okay. Y- yeah. Go back. Uh, go back to your point uh, where you were showing. Uh, y- you might use your voice along with the graphic and give insight into it. Let's start there and then go again.
1: Okay. When you have the opportunity to be in front of an audience, uh, you can use your voice along with your data presentation as evidence to communicate your key insights. So there you're showing less information on the screen. You're using your voice to navigate and walk the audience through uh, whatever it is that is your key message. And so you might use some techniques like progressive disclosure, for instance, uh, where you may show um, one part of the graph and then build it out, show a second part, a third part to show how, you know, maybe a phenomena has changed over time. Um, new markets have grown, what have you. You also have another technique where you can raise questions. So you can show the graphic. And you can ask the audience, what do you think this says? What do you think this means? Have them have a chance to study it for five, ten seconds, which we never really give our audience that much
0: time. <laughs> that's true, um, we don't. <laughs> right?
1: Have them think about what it may be, take some responses, and then slowly walk them through what the graphic is. And that's these are different types of ways to uh, add a storytelling approach when you're in front of an audience.
0: I, I like that. Um, there's...
1: Yeah, yeah. But then there's a third thing that we have to consider. What happens when the data graphic is presented online as like an interactive graphic? Now, this is not a presenter driven storytelling. This is user driven storytelling. So the audience is actually figuring out their own story with the data. Maybe there's filters and drop downs where they can enter in maybe their zip code or their state or their gender or what have you. And they, they see a different representation of the data based on those particular input, and this is where we create experiences for our users, and again, this really ups the game, right, for data Mm -hmm. graphic designers, and not something at all that managers will be creating these interactive interfaces, but it may may be something that you want to provide for your customers in terms of some type of experience around around your business, around your data. Uh, We see examples of these all the time on the New York Times and, and other news publication sites. Where they allow you these inputs from the audience to be put in, and then you can kind of see how the data changes based on you know, see some demographic information that is more represents you than just the general public. So lots of opportunities here and lots of things to think about, and the context is key, and that's really the key takeaway. Are you in front of your audience? You have a lot more control. And you should make sure that anytime you put a graphic on the screen that you're really explaining it. It's not just there for decoration. Um, you have the least amount of control when, when the audience is, you know, allowed to navigate the data themselves and see different rep- representations. So you have to anticipate what we call use cases. And then finally, um, if you have written reports, you have to think about how you make sure that you explain what, the, what is shown in the data graphic. Just because it's there doesn't mean that um, it's explained well. So that statement, you know, show and tell is really important.
0: I, I totally agree, and I, I was thinking as you were talking about written reports, I, I've had a, a really great example that I think most everybody can relate to, and that is um, monthly financial reports that your, uh, your financial officers will give. Uh, it, it, I, I saw uh, there was one particular uh, person that, it, man, I mean, this, this individual just did a phenomenal job every month in breaking down the data. But the problem with it was that it was all words. There, were never, there was never uh, any real uh, thought in terms to visualizing it to make it more interesting for the reader to go in and pick out those key points. I, and I would think what you're telling us is that we ought to think about what that audience is looking at. Is that correct?
1: Oh, that's absolutely correct. And you know, your example of those financial reports—I mean, you want to put these numbers in context. I may be telling you a number that represents the now or the present, but how does that how does that relate to what happened last year? And can I have something, some means of comparison? Because sometimes numbers alone, when they just present a snapshot of what's happening now, they don't provide that context that you that you so much need and desire to under and to make your own evaluations of the data and trustworthiness of it.
0: Absolutely, and I, you know, I, I tell uh, people all the time whether or not you're a CFO or whether you're in the a sales leader and you're trying to go over numbers in your department. Uh, after a while, then I mean, people's eyes glaze over if all they're seeing is the number. You've got to make it real for them, and I, it just seems to me that that the more uh, I, I guess I'm really. Uh, coming from a standpoint, I've been around for a while. And so I've seen us have all of this new technology that we have today uh, at our fingertips. But yet, I, frankly, I think we're worse at using it today than we were before we had any of it. Uh, we, we don't use it well.
1: Um, I mean, think about it. I mean, who has trained, you know, people in the visualization of data or how to use Excel or, you know, you might have taken, you know, back in the day, like some some type of spreadsheet programming class. But if you weren't necessarily trained in the, in the latest software, which is constantly changing, um, there's really no reason why you should actually be using it well. Right, that just because these things seem so easy that they're point and click doesn't necessarily mean that everything that we create um, is going to be valuable or meaningful. And so that there, there are real, um, you know, real studies and there's a real research in the area of, of data graphics, information graphics, how we communicate visually. And we should, we should really draw on that more. And organizations really need to make a commitment to, um, to educate and to lead their business uh, um, around you know contemporary modes of communication,
0: I, I love that. It, uh, to be able to actually think about it in terms of uh, the visualization of, of the data makes much more sense because people get buried in charts and graphs, and they, they don't they, their brain just doesn't seem to comprehend it at times. So what would be some of uh, your maybe one or two examples that you want to make sure that we start thinking about uh, when we start thinking about data visualization? What are some tips that you can give us to, to really start to improve our skills?
1: Great. Um, I can provide a lot of them. But Good. One is, <laughs> all right, one at the broadest stroke, think about your audience and a few things here. One is you don't want them working too hard. And if your audience is working too hard, that means whatever you've presented isn't comprehensible, it's not interpretable. And so we wanna make sure that the level at which we present the data graphic is appropriate for our audience. For instance, if our audience doesn't have a foundation or background in statistics, we shouldn't show box plots, violin plots, histograms, for example because those are primarily statistical visualizations and our audience may not be able to interpret them. Um, we should kind of stay away from those, uh, those visualizations that are just kind of meant for more exploratory analysis, okay? Anything that represents like the accuracies of our models or um, correlation matrices, these tend to be very, very complicated and require a lot of explanation. And if the audience isn't at the level to, um, to first interpret those graphics, and if the presenter isn't the level to present a accurate or has the time to present a uh, explanation of those graphics, we should probably choose, for, choose a simpler choice. Um, that doesn't mean that we have to dump it, dumb it down. It just means that we have to think about how much time we have and be efficient with our time and use our graphics to the most, uh, to make sure that we get the, uh, our takeaway communicated in the clearest fashion. So I spoke about our audience, I spoke about choosing displays that are appropriate for the level of our audience, Um, and and not making our audience work too hard. Now, (laughs) if we go back to that, think about the last presentation you attended where you couldn't read what was on the screen. You know, the axes (laughs) were like 14-point font, and you're in the back of the room, there's 100 people in the room, you can't read it, right?
0: Right, Um, right.
1: Right. Too much data on the screen you're like okay what should i be looking at there's like nine colors there's nine bars there's nine colors which is important so those are those are some really practical tips um, and don't be afraid um whatever your level is to share your work with others in advance we we data test we use we do usability tests for everything why not do it for our data graphics too show it to a colleague and say what's the key takeaway here And and then show it to another colleague. And if you're not getting the same response, (laughs) then you want to think about how you can improve the graphics to make it clearer. And I think that sharing your work is one great way to um, improve your practice. What you do today, I promise you, will look very different tomorrow Um, because as you evolve in your practice, it will just get better. Um, So sharing our work, thinking about our audience, um, these are two major uh, things that we can think about that will immediately improve our data graphics. And then I can get to some more technical uh, details as well. But those are just a few.
0: I love it. Those are really good. And uh, Kristen, I know people are going to want to know more about how to learn from you and connect with you. How would you recommend that uh, that we follow your work?
1: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... A couple of ways on Twitter, it's just my last name, so it's Sosulski, S-O-S-U-L-S-K-I. You can three at NYU.edu. So those are three ways, and um, of course, I have a website, KristenSosulski.com.
0: Well, we uh, we got the first one. We got the Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and the audio cut out on us after that. So let's go over those one more time.
1: Great. So you can connect with me on Twitter, at @sosulski, S-O-S-U-L-S-K-I. You can find me on LinkedIn, Kristen.Sosolsky. You can connect with me on my website, com. And of course, you can email me at kf 123 at NYU.edu.
0: All right, awesome, awesome, Uh, Kristen. Thank you for sharing those. And for those of you that are exercising right now, we'll include a link directly uh, to make it easy for you to connect with Kristen. Uh, Kristen, as we uh, come to a close of our time together at Manager Mojo, we always like to have one or two action items that we can take away from today and put into uh, our daily lives. What would be your one or two action items that you recommend that we consider today?
1: Oh, wow. Okay, I got to give this some thought. One or two action items. Well, I mean, this is all around building a culture of use in your organization. Which, which think about how um, within your team, within your organization, you can um, have a call to action to empower everyone to work with data and to visualize it um, and, and critique it within your team. And this is just one um, example where you can uh, just ask yourself, like, five questions for every chart that you create. What do the data axes mean? What do the encodings mean, meaning the lines, the bars, et cetera? What level of detail is presented in the data? Am I looking at yearly data, quarterly data, for example? What data points do you want the audience to be looking at? And then what's the key insight or takeaway from the visualization? These five questions, ask yourself of every data graphic that you create, and the other takeaway, like I mentioned, try to do this in the context of some you know, collaborative environment, like a team within your organization.
0: That's awesome. Those are two phenomenal action items for all of us. Uh, thank you for those, Kristen. We really appreciate it. Uh, my guest today has been Dr. Kristen Sosolsky, Uh and she is the author of Data Visualization Made Simple Insights into Becoming Visual. Kristen, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. We appreciate it. And we thank you for being a part of Manager Mojo today.
1: It's really been an honor. Thank you so much, Steve.